The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1975, Part 4, A Rolling Stone. In this episode, we will cover March 1st through March 23rd. Hello everybody, and welcome. And now for a collage of crap, introduced by yours truly, Keith Moon. Uh, personally, I mean, I'm being used to the BBC, we don't have any interruptions for commercial breaks, and I'm totally opposed to it. Number one. On MCA in March, my new album, Two Sides of the Moon, is coming out, and it's one of the most brilliantly constructed and contrived albums ever to come out of me. Even before that album was released, it uh, not only went gold or platinum, but the most important commodity, it was awarded the Energy Award. Two Sides of the Moon, that's my first and possibly last album that I've just finished, and it's scheduled for a March escape. Okay, and now a break from the people that pay me. That was it. That's how much they pay me. As the month of March unfolded, many musical releases emerged, directly and indirectly, by all four former Beatles.
Back in America and in California, Paul McCartney and Wings have been recording, overdubbing, and mixing tracks for the new Wings album at the Wally Hyder Studios in Los Angeles, located near the intersection of Selma Avenue and Cavanaugh Boulevard in Hollywood. Inside the studios, McCartney is relaxed and jovial before the recording session. Just on impulse, it seemed, he sat down and beat out this little boogie on the piano. The McCartneys had rented a home in Malibu to use as a hub while they finished the LP. March 3rd recording session around midnight, the McCartneys drove back to their Malibu home. Paul drove a Lincoln Continental with Linda and their three children along Santa Monica Boulevard when Paul inadvertently ran a red traffic light. A California Highway Patrol officer witnessed the event. The officer pulled them over. In the midst of writing Paul a traffic ticket, he smelled the odor of marijuana in the car and ordered the McCartneys out. According to the traffic officer, he found a plastic baggie of marijuana in Mrs. McCartney's purse. Linda insisted that it was hers and hers alone. The McCartneys are detained for two hours, then Paul is free to drive the children home. Linda is subsequently charged with possession and released on $500 bail. This is her second narcotics offense. Treat her gently. Treat her kind. She doesn't Treat her simply 
Linda is ordered to appear in court March 10th. On March 7th in America, RCA Records released the LP Young Americans by David Bowie. The album features the two tracks Across the Universe and Fame, which Lennon had contributed to. Hell, I mean, he was one of the major influences on my musical life. I mean, I, I just thought he was the very best of what could be done with rock and roll. And also ideas, how he was so... I mean, I felt such kin to him in, in, uh, in as much as that he would... He would rifle the avant-garde and, and look for ideas that were so on the outside, on the periphery of what was the mainstream, and then make them, apply them in a functional manner to something that was considered populist and, and make it work. He would take the most odd idea and make it work for uh, uh, the masses. And I thought that was just so admirable. I mean, that was like making art work for the people and not sort of having it as an elitist, you know, thing. I, there was just so much about him that I thought. People were all saying, well, what's he doing with Elton John, David? But I'm doing it because it's fun, yeah. Here's everybody's talking on everybody's wall. Blessing all the papers, thanking one another. Looking all the I know the Beatle that I always liked. <laughs> also on March 7th, Dark Horse Records released the single China Light by Splinter, produced by George Harrison. The single is taken from the 1974 album titled The Place I Love. So 
On March 8th at the Capitol Records offices on 6th Avenue in New York City, Melody Makers Chris Charlesworth interviews Lennon. But before they get started, an unusual call takes place. John surprisingly talks via telephone to 35 different DJs across America. This is a coordinated effort by Capitol Records to promote John's rock and roll LP. Hello? Hello? Uh, wait, tell me what's going on here. What's going on here? Hey, this is Houston. What's happening? This is Hartford. What's happening? Hey, same thing. Yeah, right. Hey, who's got the beep? Who's got the beeper on? I don't know. I think we may. Okay, could uh, we cut the beepers? I don't know. Let's see what we can do. Yes. Yes, here. Oh, well, why don't you organize all those voices? Hello, John. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Very good. We're trying to get rid of that beep for you. Oh, I didn't haven't heard it yet. It's very annoying. Beep. To love all these beautiful voices. Yeah, right. This is too much. What is going on What's here, happening? man? Who is this? This is Houston. What's happening? Hold it. Why don't we get a roll call here? All right. Sounds good. Let's get a roll call from the East Coast. <laughs> okay. You want me, since I'm the farthest east, for sure, right, my name's Paul Robinson. Okay. Who's on the line, anyway? All right, let's call Ron Berger. You there? Oh, that's right. They couldn't get you. Paul Payton? Yeah, over here. Uh, Bob Slavin? Where? Jerry Lubin? Right here from Detroit. Jim Hilty? Uh, Tony Raven for Jim Hilty in Houston. Uh, Tony Raven for Jim Hilty. Uh, Bobby Reno. Here in New Orleans. Lee Arnold? Oh, they kept getting recording. Dick uh, Finley? Yeah, Philadelphia. Uh, Mr. Morgan? Mr. Wyland for Mr. Morgan. Hi, Mr. Wyland for Mr. Morgan there. George Meyer? Hello. Hello, Dr. George Meyer. George. Hello. Uh, Pete Larkin? Here. Jim Larkin. Yeah, Pete Larkin. Oh, yeah, Pete Larkin. Hey, is that Bruce? Hey. Tom Kennedy? Well, we're with you here in Cincinnati. Kennedy, greetings. Brian? Hi, Lydia. Bruce? Hi, Rich. Finley, how you doing? I know. Uh, They're going to make this into a fire science theater. This is pretty good. <laughs> hey, Gil. Oh, Paul, let's kick it off. Let's go. Okay, I'll John, take the John, first question. John, John, do you want to help me on this? Yeah, I'll take the first question. John? John, when did you first meet John Lennon? Oh, about 1940. <laughs> John? Yeah? Why the oldies? Why not? Okay. Amen. I mean, I've been uh, thinking of doing it for years, and in between doing other albums way back in Beatles days and since, when in between takes, like, we'd always start messing around and we'd always play those songs, you know? Uh, Bebop Aludo, ain't that a shame? Has it taken you a couple of years to put it together? I noticed on the back of it that some of it was done in 1973 and well, some in 1973. Well, it was a drama, and uh, it, it was called Phil Spector. <laughs> right. Uh, and I started it in 73 with Phil. And it sort of petered out. The album is very good to dance to it. I noticed that a lot of music coming out or being influenced now is dance music. Was that any part of... Uh, no, I mean, I, I was just... Uh, when I started it, I just finished Mind Games. I felt like just singing oldies and not being the producer. So the ones with Phil on, he produced, you know. But the thing collapsed. He had a... a or supposedly, I don't know. You never know with Phil. He had a, a car accident. And then I never got hold of the tapes till just as I was starting Walls and Bridges. So... 
Out of about eight tapes, about four of them were really worth using, you know. What are your personal favorites on it? Uh, oh, that's pretty hard. I, I like Stand By Me, and I, Bebop and Lula's one of my all-time favorites, so I like that, you know. Hey, John. Yeah? When you did that album, did that kind of bring back a lot of memories of the old days doing those old rock and roll tunes like that? Yeah, uh, there was some... Uh, it was Daisy Vu as uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nickers, over <laughs> Uh Must have been a lot of fun. I was talking to a friend, down. you know, when I was doing something like Peggy Sue, which I hadn't sung since I was about 16, I suddenly, in, on, on the take that turned out to be the take, I suddenly found myself just remembering it all in my head uh, without reading the lyrics and just remembering all the inflections when I used to imitate Holly. <laughs> so I really would sort of suddenly find myself age 16 again doing them. And it was quite a trip. Really? You getting your hair back too? Uh, well, my hair just happens to have grown down to my shoulders now. It's always the wrong length at the wrong time, but I like it like that. Could you tell us about the cover of the LP, John? Uh, the cover was a picture taken by uh, a German friend of of my of of ours, the Beatles, in 1960 in Hamburg, and the three shadowy figures on the front. For those of you who've got the cover or will see it, are Paul. Uh, the sort of three people out of focus that are moving. You know, it's one of those photos where I'm still in a doorway and the three figures moving, and it's Paul Stuart Sutcliffe, who was an early Beatle who died, and uh, George. And the guy just turned up at the Beatles Fest in New York selling these photos, and apparently he'd been living in New York for the last three years. And he was a friend of Klaus Vormann's, who turned out to be a bass player. And that's the story behind that. And I thought it sort of suited the, uh, the day, the album. John, does a move back toward rock and roll mean a move back toward the Beatles? <laughs> in, in other words, uh, how about those rumors of the group reforming that are always around? What, you know, what status is that in, if any? Well, uh, let's say we're just good friends, ho-ho. <laughs> Have you heard about the... Uh, we're talking, and we're all happy with each other. You know? I love you by yourself, John. John Me too, man. John, have you got wind of the uh, the Canadian thing? Some stations up there are trying to uh, get people together to try and get you guys to get back for one last show and the whole routine. Have you heard about that? I haven't heard about it, but the thing is, if we got back together, it wouldn't be for one last show, right? I mean... I, I should think so. You know, and uh, obviously... I. My instincts are, if we ever do anything together, it'd be more sensible for us to sit in a studio together and, and get relaxed together and make some music before we went stomping out, you know. No, they, they're not saying that's in the offing. How's the legal thing? You getting any amnesty? Uh, uh, I haven't had my amnesty yet, no. My immigration remains just the same. I'd be interested to know they sentenced John Mitchell today. How do you feel about that? I, I want to say um, congratulations, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John. Now, what about the charges that uh, were supposed to be a conspiracy against you? I remember reading something about that a while back. Well, it's, it wasn't against me personally. I, there was like a fishnet out in the late 60s, right? Yeah. And they just hooked in everybody. And I was part of the people they hooked in because I was associated or seen around with Rubin and Hoffman and those people, you know? Yeah. And uh, at the time when it started, the immigration, I was being bugged. My phone was being bugged. And I was being followed around by cars, but this, this was pre-Watergate, and everybody thought it was crazy. What's the latest uh, well, we status the now? we case on that in court. I have to say that. We, we couldn't prove that we were being followed, but it did stop after I went on Dick me, <laughs> Then everybody vanished. John, why do you want to live in uh, the United States? Because um, I love it. <laughs> you know, I don't know what else to say. I just like it here. And if you leave, you can't come back, right? I think he left. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs>
back. Okay. You're on, you're on the air, lady. <laughs> How did you feel when you came out on the stage with Elton John that night? I happened to be there, and it was one of the most exciting things that ever happened to me. And you looked like you were dazzled by the whole reaction. Well, I, I hadn't been on the stage for three years or something, and uh, it was really weird, you know, especially when I woke up and looked around and it was some other guy's band, you know. <laughs> you seem to have mellowed out a bit, John, since the first solo album that was full of a lot of pain, it seemed. Yeah, well, I still I still get toothache, but I'm, I just can't go on singing about it every album. I thought I thought it was a valid statement for, the, for then, you know, but uh, it said what it said, and... You, can't, you don't just go on about it, you know? How are you doing with Yoko? I understand you're seeing your lady again. Yeah, we've been together now two weeks, and it's uh, fun. John Holland from Milwaukee. Are you insecure about your voice? Uh, yeah, I hate it. <laughs> Is that why you always use a lot of echo, no matter whether you're doing oldies or dewies or whatever? But I just like that sound, you know? I mean, that, that's the sound that turns me on. If I'm not using actual tape echo, I use a, a machine, which everybody uses anyway. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, the different variations of it. I ve very seldom just have a straight voice. Otherwise, it doesn't sound like a record to me. John Lennon? Yeah? Robert Bartlett, PDQFM in Jacksonville. How much unreleased material does uh, the Beatles have in the can? Uh, practically nil. The only unreleased stuff is the stuff that is not... It's like bootleg that came from weird concerts in Sweden and places like that. John, we in Chicago are outraged by all of this nonsense they're causing you. And something you may be interested in, a senator's son went to a, the Jethro Tull concert in Chicago last night and was busted for an ounce of grass and sent home two hours later. Ah, well, so, uh, that sounds like the usual story, doesn't it? A question relating to the original bust. The yeah. van, the whole route of this thing happened uh, six years ago now, something like that. Yeah. And the cop involved has become famous for being involved in either planting yeah. stuff on people or just being out to bust everybody he can. Have you met him, and what's the story on that that we can get it uh, straight? Uh, I haven't seen him since he bust me, but since he left, uh, at the period he was busting me, he, he planted me, George, and Jagger, and a few people, you know? And later on he went on to not just planting people, but to taking money from them, you know? And then he got into the big time, and there was quite a big scandal in the, in the London police about the drug squad. Uh, quite a lot of them, including him and his superiors, are now in jail. He was caught in Australia trying to run away. The English always run to Australia thinking it's the end of the earth, but they always get caught. And why do you think they're still after you? So many years have gone uh, by since then, and theoretically we have a whole new environment now politically. Why do you think they're still after you? Well, you know what red tape is, man. I mean, it's just red tape, and somebody started it four years ago, and nobody knows how to finish it. I mean, it's a political decision that will have to come from Washington. John? And they have to make up their minds. Right. John? Yeah? Do you think collectively, as all of the radio stations that are on this telephone, if we combined ourselves and did something for you, what could we do? You could get everybody to write into their locals or, or, or get it all together and send it to Washington, you know, because it, it really counts. It would be great if you did something like that. You can turn it on Chicago. Why don't you cut a promo spot and uh, circulate it with all the FMs around the country? We'll be glad to help you out. Very much. That would be a good idea. I'd yeah, like to do that, I'll, sir. I'll get with on. capital on that. I'm sorry, your call did not go through. Oh, Will you yeah. please hang up and try again? Yeah. This is a recording. Yeah. I didn't catch what the hell you said. What? I did not catch what the hell John? I did not I'm catch I'm sorry, your call did not go Somebody through. Somebody interrupted you. Please hang up and try again. <laughs> this is a recording. Please <laughs> shut up for a second so he could finish the question. Finish the answer, please. Which was the bit you didn't get?
I, I'm sorry. The end of your sentence. Will you please talk up and try again? This is a recording. Sounds like a disc jockey. Well, the first record is that you get a word in. So uh, the answer was that I did the charities when I had... I'm to sorry. Your call did not go through. Will you please hang up and try again? Question this is a recording. I think he's serious. That's Jerry Ford. <laughs> no. Who is that? Jerry Ford. Not the boot announcer. I think it's real. I'm sorry. Your call did not go through. Will you please hang up and try again? This is a recording. I'm Pete Larkin at WNALSM. Mr. Split, I'd like to take just a moment to thank you for a lot of years of great music. Well, thank you. And thanks to, thank all of you for putting up with this madness. And uh, if I'm around, I'll, I'll get to see you. If not, all the best to you, and thanks for playing the music. John, we all thank you very much, man, because without you, none of us would have been here doing what we're doing. Well, it, it goes both ways, you know. Good luck to you. Everybody, thanks a lot. John, thank you, man. Thank you. Man. Uh, thanks all of you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye, and thank you. Cool. in New Orleans. Bye-bye. <laughs> are, are you going to try to get back down here before... Okay. Yeah, I'm going to try and get there before he finishes. Hey, Paulie? Yeah. Bye. 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 I'll Bye. talk to you, Bob, too. Goodbye, America. Bye. Bye. Great fireside thing. Bye, America, from Capitol Records and John Lennon. Near left. This is a recording. Take you later. Bye-bye. 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 Oh, thanks a lot. So long. Take care. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Strange. Who's left? <laughs> Crazy. Thank you, Paul. Although Lennon mentioned possibly meeting up with McCartney in New Orleans, it is noted that he had already phoned Paul telling him that he wouldn't be able to. Back at the Dakota, John continues to compose songs for his next LP. It would be a follow-up to the rock and roll album. The title of the next LP he tentatively called Between the Lines.
March 10th, Linda McCartney appears before the judge in a Los Angeles courtroom as ordered. Her marijuana possession charge is dismissed, with Linda paying the fine of $500 plus court costs. That same day in America, Apple Records released the single Stand By Me by John Lennon. It reached number 20 in the Billboard charts. side is a track called Move Over Miss L, a song that is not included on John's rock and roll album.
The song was originally given to Keith Moon, the drummer for The Who. He covered it on his LP titled, The Two Sides of the Moon. The title, The Two Sides of the Moon, was supplied by Ringo Starr, as Keith's original title of the LP, Like a Rat Stuffed Up a Pipe, was rejected. The album was released on March 17th in America. The LP featured Keith's friends Ringo Starr, Ringo Starr. Harry Nielsen, Klaus Foreman, and others. I got it at a very good period. Everybody I knew was in town, and they were all sort of in a recording mood. So I didn't really have to sort of go out of my way and phone people up. Lennon and Harry Nilsson before on the Pussycats album. Uh, Jesse Ed Davis, Danny Cooch, uh, just those two. Nilsson, of course, and Jim Keltner, Klaus Foreman. Joe Walsh, who was doing his album next door. So I used to go and borrow him occasionally. Yeah. What are you doing at the moment, Joe? Sounds terrible. Come into the studio and see and relax. <laughs> yes. I don't drink anymore. 
Spits a bit, but she's got an arm of gold. <laughs> Life isn't easy when you are divided and one has decided to ring down the curtain and one thing for certain that nothing can keep them together. <laughs> Produced by Keith Moon, Steve Cropper, and Mal Evans, the album peaked at 155 on the Billboard 200. the life you lead. Oh, well, it's... It amazes me. It's most lugubrious. All of you in I Cyprus... I met a diabetic the other day. What did he say? Hello. <laughs> Nancy wrote that joke, you know. Nancy Andrews, now settled in with Ringo, started to be frequently seen out socializing in L.A. alongside Alice Cooper, Harry Nielsen, Mickey Dolenz, and Keith Moon. Do you think uh, they noticed? Bob Harris from BBC Two's Old Grey Whistle Test Ask Keith Moon about a film that he and Ringo may do for Sam Peckinpah. And there's a film in the offing too, Keith, isn't there? The film, Ringo. Sam, yeah, Ringo yeah. and I uh, we were approached by Sam Peckinpah to do a movie. Mm. In India. Yes. Probably film it in Mexico. What form will that take? Do you know yet? Uh, 
No, I've seen a couple of the, you know, we have, we've had script meetings and everything. We're going to production uh, next month sometime. Uh, we won't start shooting for a few months after that. Mm. But uh, we're Sam anyway, you never know quite what's mm. in the oven. On March 17th and 18th, Bob Harris also sets up for BBC Two's new series, The Old Grey Whistle Test, an interview with John Lennon at his Dakota apartment in New York. BBC's budget for the show was a mere 500 pounds. The monies covered all the rights, appearances of the guests at 15 pounds per appearance, and the set designs. When Bob Harris told Lennon that, John was inclined to do the interview pro bono, since it was free advertising for his new LP, Rock and Roll. Bob informed John of BBC's regulations that he must get paid 15 pounds in order to appear. Lennon then said, Bring me 15 pounds worth of chocolate olivers. I can't get them in America. Chocolate olivers are an English crisp biscuit covered with dark chocolate. You were seeing England very much, John. Yeah, I try not to, you know, like I had you know, your friend here bring me the chocolate olivers. It's little things, you know, yeah. you miss, like black pudding, you know, and uh, chocolate olivers. And I don't allow myself to miss it that much because then I couldn't carry on fighting about my green card. I'm, I'm going to win that one first. And then, I, you know, I, I, I'll keep telling myself, it'll be there. It'll take another 18 months to get the card, maybe two years. It's going to be there. Ain't going nowhere, mm. you know. Mm. John, let's talk about New York, first All of right, all. Bob. Okay, because you've right. been here a good long time now and had a good chance to sort of digest the city. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about New York as a city? Do you enjoy it here? I still, I still love it, yeah. I've been here th uh, three and a half or four years, something like that. Probably three and a half. The thing I like best about it is, A, it's 24 hours. And, you know, people are always saying, what's an American? You know, well, people aren't always saying it, actually, <laughs> I'm saying it. But th there's no such thing in a place like New York. You know, I don't know about the Midwest and all that, those kind of places. That's what, you know, is America, I suppose. But in New York, it, it's a bit like London, only more so. Mm. Like, I mean, everybody's a foreigner, you know. Nobody can speak. There's no set language. You know, you get in a cab and you say, I want to go to West 44th Street. And they say, what do you say, you know? So it's like, it's that bit I like. That. Like, yeah. there's all the different nationalities here. Lennon also recorded two songs specifically for the old Grey Whistle Test. Surrender, uh, slipping in a slide, peeping in a hide, and 
say for example places to play because there seems so much more activity here in that respect as well yeah well the whole music business was here a lot of it's moved to the west coast you know like because a lot of people like to go and lie out there you know so a lot of the industry's gone down there but there's still plenty of studios you know and musicians there seems also john to be a really big difference now between the american singles and album charts and the charts in britain that's what i'm finding out to my detriment yes <laughs> so what i did was i had a person at my office keep sending me the top 10 from england because i have to find out what's going on don't i <laughs> but i mean if i'm fighting if by telly savalis well i've got a long battle if a man could be two places at one time will i be with you Tomorrow and today, beside you, all the way. Uh, what did you think, though, to the stuff that you heard? I mean, the local well, stuff from Britain. Uh, I like it because it sounds like rock and roll, you see. I only heard the first batch I got, I thought, I better check out what's going on over there. I had a feeling this rock and roll album would do better than my own stuff. When, after I'd heard, I had the first top ten sent over and I listened to it, it was over Christmas. There was a lot of sort of Im imitation Elvis and Mad, rock yeah. and roll stuff. I thought, aha, oh that's what it is, you know. Mm. It really is changing, you know. Mm. The inevitable question. <coughs> I mean, Are they ever going to get back together? Yeah, right? I mean, first of all, is there any possibility? But secondly, much more important, yeah. do you think that it's a good idea? Well, that's, a, that's another point altogether, right. whether it'd be a good idea or not. Uh, you see, it's strange, because at one period when they were asking me, I was saying, no, never, what the hell, go back, no, not me. And then they came to a period when I thought, well, why not, if, if we felt like making a record or doing something. Everybody always envisages the stage show. To me, if we were, if we were together at studio again, you know, stage show something else. Go, if we've got something to say in a studio, okay. Now, when I'm saying that, I, I turn the paper and George is saying, not me, right? It's never got to a position where every, every, each one of us have wanted to do it at the same time. I think over the period of being apart, we've all thought, oh, that wouldn't be nice. That wouldn't be bad, you know. I mean, I've worked with Ringo, I've worked with Ringo and George. I haven't worked with Paul because we had a more difficult time, but now we're pretty close, you know. The real rocking in Boston, Philadelphia. Deep in the heart of Texas, down Frisco Bay. All over St. Louis, down to New Orleans. All the cats wanna dance with Sweet Little Sixteen. Sweet Little Sixteen, she got the grown-up blues, bright dresses and lipstick, sporting high-end shoes. Come tomorrow morning, she have to change the trend. Back to being just sweet 16, back in class again. Cause they'd be rocking on bandstand, Philadelphia, PA. In the heart of Texas, down to Frisco Bay. All over St. Louis, down to New Orleans. All the cats wanna dance with, sweet little 16. 
little 16 She just got a half Start up half a million Signed autograph A wallet's full of pictures She gets them one by one Become so excited Watch you look at her run, boy Oh, yeah, yeah She just got a hat Be back in class and back to school again Cause they be rocking on bandstand Philadelphia You've been the heart of Texas Down to Frisco Bay All your love is in Louis Down to New Orleans All the cats wanna dance with I jammed with Paul. I did actually play with Paul, yeah. We did a lot of stuff in L.A. But there was 50 other people playing too, and they're all just watching me and Paul, you know. You must be pleased with what Paul's doing now, John. I'm pleased that everybody's doing well, you know. Yeah. I'm more pleased that Ringo's doing well. How did the involvement with David Bowie come about? Well, he sort of seems to be in New York, right? And uh, I seem to be the guy in New York that all the Englishmen say hi to, you know. And which is good, you know, if Mick's in town, Paul's in town, anybody comes, I love it, you know. All the rockers come and say, hey, what's happening, you know. And I'm supposed to show them what's happening. <laughs> or they already know, most of them, anyway. John revealed to Bob Harris that two new recording projects are in the offing. John says, I've got three quarters of the new album on scraps of paper, which is usual. And now I'm going through the bit of going over them and sort of half arranging them before I go into the studio. I'm also in the process of putting a TV show together that will be round the album and round other music. I'm sort of coordinating that with the album, so I'm ready. So it's in me head, you know. I just have to put it on paper now. The discussion then turned toward John's immigration status. What is the green card situation? The green card, uh, well, the situation is I'm still appealing. Like every now and then they'll say, you've got 30 days to get out, and then my lawyer will appeal and we'll go up to another court or something like that, and it'll just go on forever. Uh, Terry Sutton put it well. He says, it keeps the conservatives happy that they're doing something about me and what I represent. And it keeps the Liberals happy because I haven't actually been thrown out, so everybody's happy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Presumably when the green card comes through, I mean, we'll, we'll see you in England. Oh, you bet. Of course, yeah. I've, got, I've got family in England, you know. Yeah. I've, got, I've got a child who has to keep travelling. Well, hello, Julian. Got it in already. I've got my Auntie Mimi. Hello, Mimi, and all my other relatives who are furious at me, but we won't say why. But anyway, Mimi isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's stop there, John. Yeah. Thanks very much indeed. That's it's pleasure. really a pleasure to meet you. And you. Hello, England. Keep sending those chocolate olivers. Keep your chin up. We'll meet again. I don't know where, don't know when. <laughs> Tony King, promotions executive for Apple Records in Los Angeles, revealed today that John and Yoko recently discovered that Yoko was pregnant. Bob Mercer of EMI recalled that the couple was absolutely ecstatic about it. John also commented saying, well, I guess that shelves the work for some time now.
Ain't no people on the older road No more weather on the older road It's better than a much light, mama, when the morning comes
Around this time, on March 18th, John continued to promote his rock and roll album. Journalist Pete Hamill came to the Dakota Building in New York to complete his interview with John for Rolling Stone magazine. Lennon spoke of the events of his life in 1974, Walls and Bridges, and Missing Yoko. He also spoke of his future as an artist. He said, and I quote, I never see myself as not an artist. I never let myself believe that an artist can run dry. I've always had this vision of being 60 and writing children's books. I don't know why. It'd be a strange thing for a person who doesn't really have much to do with children. I've always had that feeling of giving what Wind in the Willows and Alice in Wonderland and Treasure Island gave to me at age 7 and 8, the books that really opened my whole being. After the Rolling Stone interview, Lennon is then interviewed by journalist Jean-Francois Vallée for the French TV show called Un Jour Futur. The piece is titled, Once Upon a Time There Was John Lennon. Le Neuf! Le Neuf! <laughs> Bonsoir! Merci beaucoup la chance, s'il vous plaît, oui! Oui, alors John, on est, on est venu, on est venu dehors pour la beauté de la vue, malgré le, le vent. Le chapeau est sur la froid. tête! Well, John, le chapeau est sur la tête, oui! Oh. C'est très bien! C'est très chaud! Non, il fait chaud? Non, froid! Froid! Il fait froid aujourd'hui! But you know what we should do? We should do disco, disco sound now! Disco sound? How right, do you? Right, like the bump. Oh, yeah. You know how to dance a bump? No, like oh, you that, that one. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'll bump. Oh, it's wonderful, wonderful. No, I don't think we can really talk about bump. Be serious now. Talk okay. about the super soul. Uh, I'll show you some. Disco soul music. The new... Yeah, the, it's yeah, great. That's what yeah, I've got, got a surprise for you. Yeah. March 20th at the Dakota Apartment Building in New York. John and Yoko celebrate their sixth wedding anniversary with an elaborate ritual to renew their wedding vows. On March 21st from his Dakota apartment, John continued his correspondence with Derek Taylor by writing him another campy postcard. It reads, Hope all is swell with ya. Looks like Apple is finally gonna be buried. Need any staff? Take your pick, a ninny. How come Ray Connolly is getting all the perks, says I, when the late great DT could write his arse off? Mind your own bullshit, says you, with an eye on the future. Ah well, can't have them all, as Kate Hepburn used to say. Congratulations, Red, White, and Bluebeard. Your old pal, 
Guinevere de Carte Blanc, aka B-I-L-K, J the E-L. It was also around this time that John wrote to Jeffrey Ellis at ATV, expressing his displeasure with the sheet music cover art for Number 9 Dream. John wrote, I must admit I was pretty upset to see that piece of enclosed garbage on Number 9 Dream. I can't think for the life of me why you would change the one I personally chose for such a cheap-looking thing and an ugly picture to boot. In the future, please don't change the original. Unless, of course, I can see it first. It was nice seeing you in New York. All the best. Disgusted of Bermuth, John. On March 22nd, Ringo Starr appears on NBC TV's The Hoyt Axton Country Western Boogie Woogie Gospel Rock and Roll Show. You know, the best part of any show is, <laughs> is the cast party, and since our official policy here is to share not only our music, but our madness with you, we thought we'd have our cast party right now so you could join us. Um, we're going to have a good time. I hope you do. This is what we do after we do what we do when we do the show. Ringo is there to promote his new single, The No-No Song, which was taken from his 1974 album titled, Good Night Vienna. I'd uh, like to introduce a good friend of mine who has a single out now that I happen to have written. Thank you, Lord, for the pennies. Uh, the song is called The No-No Song, and the man with a hit is Ringo Starr. He performs the song at the end of the show with guests that include Keith Moon, Harry Nielsen, Mickey Dolenz, Paul Williams, Chris Christofferson, Commander Cody, Linda Ronstadt, Arlo Guthrie, and his girlfriend Nancy Andrews, among others. up in a moment. The McCartneys host the party on board the Queen Mary. Yeah, we like to send this next tune out to Paul and Linda McCartney. That was down for... Yeah, this is out of sight, isn't it? John sings live again on stage. 
gentlemen, John Lennon, etc. And Ringo launches Ringo Records. Next on Yesterday and Today. Doing an impression of Wing Commander Ringo Starr. Ow, chocks away, old boys, chocks away. Calling the tower, calling the tower. Where up the Or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts, Yesterday and Today, and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? <laughs> Don't worry, we will. <laughs> you can head to our social media pages. That's facebook.com slash yesterday and today podcast or facebook.com slash third men. Or you could head to society6.com slash Kaminsky family podcast. That's society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I family podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. (laughs) Guys, we need your help. (laughs) Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. All right. We'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.